Forbidden and banned, the bane of bureaucrats, exposing mainstream media's weapons of mass distraction. Flying under the radar and dropping truth bombs on tyranny. It's Liberty Now. Kia hello and welcome to Liberty Now, the show for discerning minds and common sense. I'm your host, John Bird, trainer, piper, Navy diver, and Liberty Lover. If you're watching the video of this episode, you'll probably notice that I've shaved off the Captain Jack beard. Feels kind of weird not having it. But uh, anyway, today's episode, we're going to be discussing the recent Roe v. Wade decision. Uh, this episode was recorded about two weeks prior, and we were discussing, I was discussing with uh, Brendan Malone the recent leak of the potential decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. Well, now at this point, we can confirm that it has been overturned. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Brendan Malone. Brendan, can you just give us a little bit of uh, your bio and a background? What brought yeah, you sure. here? Yeah, um- sure. Well, first of all, it's great to be here. Thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, thanks for coming I, on. I, oh, my pleasure. Um, I have been uh, working full time in the bioethics space, so communication about bioethics, education, uh, engagement with others on this issue uh, as a full time job now for oh gosh, it's uh, it's eighteen years. It's been eighteen wow. years. So, um, and and I run my own organisation which educates in the space. I came at it from what you would call perhaps a conservative. Uh, natural law tradition very much i'm steeped in the sort of the judeo-christian natural law tradition um and uh but but it re- it's really you know the the sort of issues around the interaction or the the interplay between the human person and technology and medical ethics really is a as a big part of what i do so a lot of presenting a lot of speaking i also have a podcast and uh, a video show that i do which sort of covers cultural wider cultural issues as well from that perspective yeah, and I do say have to say I've been enjoying your podcasts as well. Really good stuff, and you're you're facing head on a lot of the tough questions that are presented to us in this era of growing technology, and you know how that affects us, you know, ethically and and as humans. And um, it's it's really interesting and, and important things that we really are confronted with and need to talk about. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Absolutely. So I guess the title of Today's topic would be the uh, right to life versus the legal and moral choice. You know, I know a lot of people out there are, you know, advocates of uh, abortion rights, they want to call it. I, you know, of course, I as a conservative and Christian would call that murder under any circumstances. Um, I do understand that a lot of people don't really dig very deeply or put a lot of thought into it, and they don't really see... Uh, ending or terminating a pregnancy as, as ending a life. But I, I think those people don't really look very deeply into it, partly because they don't want to know the truth or the possibility that it really is a life. And I think that's where we get a lot of the, uh, the language or the changing of language. You know, it's pro-choice versus pro-life. Um, you know, you don't want to be seen as anti-anything. And even... Um, the term, you know, terminating a pregnancy rather than ending a life, even though we're talking about identically the exact same procedure or end outcome. But just wanted to talk 
in general terms about you know what it really is morally and ethically and uh in particular around this this recent uh, potential decision decision from the the supreme court it's been splashed all over the news <clears throat> even i mean all over the world not just in the united states but the big decision roe versus wade uh, there was a leak of a, a draft opinion by Justice Alito, which was confirmed to be um, authentic, but the final opinion is not due out uh, probably until late June, which leaves us in a kind of limbo and a lot of, of uh, polarization going on uh, between people of uh, opposing ideologies. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? on uh, what you see going on in the States right now, Brendan? Well, it, it's really quite fascinating because it's not something that I don't, well, I don't think anyone was expecting this yeah, on either same. side. Kind of out of if the blue, part I of the, thought. Yeah, I mean, if you're part, uh, it really did, wasn't it? It was a bolt from the blue. Now, if, you, if you're pro-life though, and you're invested and engaged in this, you'll know the history of Roe v. Wade. You'll know what a legally problematic case it was right from the get-go to such a degree that, yeah. One of the original attorneys, uh, two, two young attorneys took the case, uh, Linda Coffey and Sarah Weddington, and one of them was speaking at a pro-abortion uh, public event, I think it was a fundraiser actually, for a group called NARL, the North American Abortion Law Reform Association, and uh, this is just months before the rulings handed down in the early 70s, and she says to this gathering of people, look, um, yeah, this case we've taken is procedurally weak, we're not going to get the victory we want but it'll be a good spring, springboard. We'll come back next time and have another crack. Well, she must have been shocked when the, when the justices said, well, we'll give you the case. And yeah. uh, you won. And, and so, so the case, if you've been in the product movement, you know what a problematic piece of legislation it was right from the beginning. And you'll know that pro-life uh, groups and uh, advocates and educators have been working hard uh, in the, through legal channels to try and challenge it ever since. Yes. But no one expected this like this just so quickly and suddenly. Um, I, I think the, the, the ruling, uh, the draft ruling, we should say, is absolutely, uh, it's good, it's solid. There's lots, from my perspective, I look at it and I think, yeah, that's philosophically sound. It makes so much sense. Yeah. The interesting thing to me really is the leaking of it and the political nature. That's exactly, leak. yes. I, I really thought that was kind of suspicious timing. Do, do you think that's coincidental or politically strategic? Well, I think it is politically strategic. I think it was a Hail Mary pass. Um, yeah. And I, the fact I've done this indicates to me, a purely outsider, I'm in another country I know, but what it would indicate to me is that they were that worried that this was actually going to cross the line, that they thought this was their Hail Mary pass to try and blow the thing out of the water. And the only way to do that was to leak the ruling, create such public furor and uproar that the justices, even just one justice feels threatened enough to withdraw their name, it's all over. And the right. fact I've done that tells me they were really worried about how close this was getting. Um, I don't think as some have claimed, they think some are saying, well, maybe it was an attempt to disrupt the upcoming elections, you know, to scare people into voting Democrat. I right. don't think that was the intention. I think the intention was to try and destroy any possible um, uh, pro-life ruling that would restore a proper balance in the U.S. Constitution right. and the Supreme Court. Around. Sort of try to to give them time to drum up enough support and politically organize ahead of any decision. Yeah, and you've got to understand too that there's a 
there is definitely now within the progressive left very, very much an entrenched revolutionary element now. It's just it, pick an issue; it doesn't matter. It, it seems yeah. to be now that, that you know the 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 strategy, the tactics of revolution. You know, we've gone from Saul Alinsky talking about disruption to active revolutionary. You know, burning and looting and everything. Right. And so, just uh, I wanted to insert there. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Saul Alinsky's book, uh, Rules for Radicals, which mm. I still have yet to read it. It is on my reading list. Um, but I <clears throat> would note that uh, in the opening of his book, he, it was dedicated to Lucifer, That's the original right. radical. Yeah. Not a particularly, what I would say, nice person. <clears throat> No, yeah. and, and it was also it's all very much that that really has taken hold now of the progressive left to um, to such a degree that the, their emphasis now on revolution is so strong that I think I, I think the people who leaked this must have thought will create another revolutionary moment, and and yeah. just you just have to scare enough people that they think oh we don't want this we don't because no one does no one wants to live in a society where people are burning and looting and turning up outside your house and screaming at you right and so you just have to scare enough people that that you get the victory you want through mob mob rule basically well it seems like we are increasingly being thrust into that sort of world mm. whether we like it or not uh, yep. a la Saul Alinsky sort of revolutionary thinking where um, I, I think there are some in very, very elite high places of influence who are actually funding and pushing for uh, this kind of thing that I think the talk, the, the, the time for um, politics and, and, you know, calm discussion are over or they would like it to be. Um, and oh, when, very, look, if, if, if you'd said that to me a couple of years ago, I would have thought, oh, I don't know, you know, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. That's what I thought, but more and more, it's just becoming, it's like the quiet parts are being said out loud more and more often now. And there's so much clear indication of, you know, um, Klaus Schwab and his training programs for, for young leaders, political leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about him. Yeah. No. And you've got, you've got, um, I'm trying to think of the other guy. I can see his face, but I can't even think of his name, but who, who has been funding, various revolutionary protests. Oh, George movements. Soros, perhaps? George Soros, you know, and yeah. and th- they initially you think, oh, this is a conspiracy. It's a Bond villain type conspiracy. But then you realize, no, they, they have actively been doing this. And I think it's not really surprising. I'm a I'm very much a, uh, a Burkean conservative. That's my approach to politics and very much in the mold of Edmund Burke and 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 others of his his, his ilk. He's not the first and he carries a proud tradition with him. But the the whole notion that uh, revolution is a dangerous, dangerous thing, that what you do is you 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 engage in reform, and that's how you, you fix the system. You don't ever burn the whole thing down, because then you're left with what? A power grab, basically. And right. the powerful take control and heart. That's what the French Revolution, the reign of terror was. It's exactly yeah. what it was. And that's why he spoke so strongly against it. And it was very prophetic, because... He spoke against and warned about what would happen before it all happened, and then it all happened exactly as he said it would. And so, so this is the the, mo- the moment we're in, and I think that's why it was leaked ultimately because there is a, a sense of well, we can gain power, we can gain the upper hand if we uh, we just we flex our muscle and threaten enough people, basically. Right. Well, and it's it's also uh, psychologically, I would argue, impossible to have any kind of rational discussion when something is elevated to such a high level of emotion. I mean, 
then we're getting into um, activating mm. of the amygdala in the brain and, and activating yeah, the sort right. of lizard brain. And when, uh, when you're in such a high state of emotion, um, the rational portion of the brain is shut off. So it's, it's impossible to have um, reasonable discussion. And I think they very well know that. Um, you know, the, mm. the more we try to rationally discuss, you know, the more they just start screaming epithets and getting in their faces. You see it break down like this in a lot of these protests between sides. It seems to me, of course, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little biased here, but it seems to me when I see those two sides interacting, it's always the the right, more conservative side that, that is at least generally attempting to make, uh, you know, some rational, calm discussion. Yeah. And it just erupts into, you know, screaming and senselessness on the other side, for the most part. Well, I agree. And I think that's why, and I've been <clears throat> saying this to young people who are passionate about being pro-life, is that you've got to form authentic communities that just effectively sort of uh, not, don't cut themselves off and don't become cults, but they sort of, um, they, they sort of close the doors a little bit and live an authentic cultural goodness, truth and beauty. And if people want to join them, great, but they don't go, they, they realize sort of that we're living in a very different time now where a lot of collapse has happened and you yeah. can't sort of, you can't fix it from the top down anymore. I don't think, I think it's got to be rebuilt yeah. by it being lived up <clears throat> from the bottom, you know? Right. Right. And you know, the, the old cliche, you know, grassroots organization, yeah. I, I think that is really where we are. The, the political system is so incredibly corrupt and mm -hmm. I have also lost faith in our, fair voting system or, or any hope that we might have a some somewhat fair um, elections process in the United States. Um, you know, since living in New Zealand, I've been voting by mail. And I, I don't know if you've seen uh, 2000 mules. I haven't. I've heard all about it. I haven't watched it yet. Wow. <laughs> if you weren't convinced before, it's very compelling evidence. I'll leave it at yeah. that. And I would recommend anybody who's thinking about seeing it, please do uh, go watch it. Um, find a friend who's purchased the DVD, go get it yourself, download it, um, whatever it takes. But uh, before you criticize it, even if you're on the far left and, and you think that Joe Biden is the best, and I don't know many people who would say that either, even on the left, but give it a fair go, have a look at it and, and then come and talk about you know, what you yeah, think yeah. the real results of that election were. To bring us back to the topic today, you know, I noticed that people on both sides of the abortion issue, as I've said, like to use different terminology, you know, for the exact same procedure. Uh, some might even disagree with calling it an issue um, or, or using the word procedure. But uh, in the most objective clinical terms, Brendan, what is an abortion? Well, an abortion, if I mean, there's probably you're right, there's several different ways you could describe it. But I think just speaking plainly is. Uh, an act where a medical practitioner of some kind or someone who's had some sort of medical training would, and it depends, different jurisdictions have different laws around this, who can actually perform abortions, would go into a womb and would deliberately end the life of an unborn human being. Yeah. And if they're not doing it that way, then so surgical, then there are what uh, becoming more common now as medical abortions as well, which is the use of drugs or chemicals that the female would take she would usually be prescribed round one. It's usually a two-part pill procedure. The first part you take uh, with the doctor or at a clinic somewhere, then you go home for the second part. And the interesting thing about medical abortions is despite the fact that they're now being pushed by 
the pro-abortion lobbies and activists. In actual fact, um, I wrote an article about this some years ago uh, using data from Australia, and you are more likely to have complications apparently with yeah. Uh, uh, the medical procedure, uh, the medical abortion, rather, sorry, than uh, rather than a surgical one. And secondly, um, it's more traumatic because what normally happens is that a female goes home, she's on her own, and she will pass a whole, fully intact human being. Right. And and, and you know, so Gosh. so so that that that's if that, in a nutshell, that's what abortion is. At the extreme other end, you would have something like we would call late term or actually partial birth is the really extreme end. Uh, late yeah. term is anything after twenty weeks. Okay, so anything after 20 weeks gestation is considered a, um, a late term abortion and uh, partial birth is literally where the child is being born and it is killed as the birthing process is taking place, uh, you know, right up nine months. Sort of well, they're, they're even uh, pushing for laws now that would allow the murder of a child after birth. Yeah, that's becoming and that's troubling. I, I, I remember some years. Incredible. I mean, look. Well, I remember I've been talking about this for years and I've been saying to groups that here's the, the very troubling and concerning issue at the heart of all this, that every single argument that is used to justify abortion would also justify infanticide. There's no barrier between the two at all. Once you accept certain arguments, then they all apply to infanticide as well. And so right. It's it's been a troubling specter in the background for a while, and we know how these things tend to have a trajectory where they start, you know, the, the bracket creep or the mission creep, where more right. and more yeah. categories of people get included, right? And so I remember several years ago, um, Professor Robert George, who's at Princeton University, he's a great man, big fan of his. If you want to follow a good conservative thinker who's also reaching across the aisle, solidly pro-life, he's a he's a really good man. And um, I remember reading a post that he put on social media some years ago where he'd been asked to contribute to the Journal of Medical Ethics, very prestigious journal, and they dedicated a whole issue. This is, I think, about seven or eight years ago. A whole issue to the question, is infanticide ethically acceptable? They actually asked the question. This is about wow. eight years ago. And he was asked to submit on the anti-side, and others submitted articles saying it was fine. And he said, uh, I think the really interesting and salient point he made when he posted and alerted people to the fact that he'd had this latest article published, he said was, he said, I don't know about you, but is anybody else extremely concerned by the fact that we're even having this conversation publicly? That, that's a real problem. And, and that's, what, that's what we're seeing sort of, you know, move towards. Yeah. And it, it just, there seems no end to this. Mm. I mean, and, and this is just only one issue in what seems a growing body of, of just moral collapse. Um, you know, we, we see uh, just recently today, I was hearing that um, in order to keep a pace with China and um, you know, their research their, um they won't pass any laws uh, prohibiting uh, chimeras or, yeah. or um, you know, experimenting with uh, human animal hybrids. I mean, yeah. you know, where does it end? Look, look, here's the thing, Joe. I've been saying this for a while. I, I think, and COVID really showed this in a very troubling way. China has become a model in a really unhealthy way, I think, for a lot of Western nations. People oh, looked yeah. at them and Ask how they responded Trudeau. to COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they realized, oh, China got the job done. And they got it done by ignoring all of these fundamental respects for human dignity and everything. They just pure, raw, brute force power. 
The right. thing is that China has been doing this in the ethical space for a long time. There's there's really strong evidence that they are and have been for some years conducting forced uh, harvesting of organs from prisoners. Uh, oh, particularly, absolutely. they started with Falun Gong. Um, there's yeah. now accusations around the Uyghur people. And so th- there's serious things. And you realize what's, what happens is that other nations, if they start to adopt that mentality, you can see how effectively the, the, the pressure will go on and will say, well, China's ahead of us in research, or China's ahead of us in this, we've got to compete. And how quickly, without any other sort of ethical, philosophical boundary in place that like we used to have, um, yeah. you're, you're in real danger. There. Well, yeah. And why would you want to compete in a race to the very bottom? Yeah, exactly. It, well, it's, it's, is isn't, isn't, isn't it? Hasn't Fauci shown us though that really a lot of this is about again it's that financial interest and the, and even things like right. being the expert or the scientist who is able to stick their plant their flag on the next latest greatest world changing discovery you know I was the guy who cured whatever it is and so right. I'll do, I'll do whatever unethical things I need to to get that flag you know and even right. if it's putting people at risk. And uh, we're seeing a grayer and grayer line between corporations and government. You know, if uh, industries like the pharmaceutical industry have <clears throat> enough, uh, you know, money to dump into lobby lobbying, um, they can get just about any law passed that they want that benefits them <clears throat> to the exclusion of any competition. Yeah, and, and, you know, exactly. and, and people who are so afraid of COVID. By the way, um, if, if you haven't caught COVID yet, um, I'm here to tell you personally, I'm just getting over it myself. I've had worse flus in my life. This was probably maybe a <laughs> six on a scale of one to 10 of the worst flus I've ever had. So um, I'm the uh, same. I was the same. It yeah, wasn't, I, yeah. I honestly, I went in thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be all these things. Well, you know, I wasn't too freaked out, but I thought I, I had a list of possibilities that I'd heard. And it didn't. The, the thing for me was there was a, a very sinusy sort of tail. Yeah. It was mild, yeah. but it was just a tail that was a bit longer than usual. That was, that was the big thing for me. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that they might release something far worse. Who knows what they've got up their sleeves? I do believe that it was engineered. And I, I do honestly believe that, uh, again, this is part of the uh, out of control corporations that just don't want any competition and they in fact they want to compete with the human immune system to the point that the human immunity is seems to be outlawed or illegal we're not allowed to get over these things on our own we have to have uh, a medical procedure provided by you know in the form of mrna injection well it's, the, that, that's the whole i mean to me that's a whole nother can of worms but it is i don't, yeah, I don't mean I, to I don't get off into that there, but but i will say this that I do think, looking at the evidence, that it was absolutely a leak from a lab. Yes. And, um, and, and for me, even that is absolutely concerning enough in and of itself, that we were even doing that sort of research. And, yeah. and, 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 the, and the US knew they shouldn't have been doing it because they wouldn't do it on their own soil. Right. But you so see, they... that's, that's, that's how ethics has been corrupted of late. And that's, that's the issue, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, you, you could point to all these issues, you know, whichever side of the spectrum you stand on, you, you've got to look, step back and objectively look at the world and go, wow, things are crazy. This is not the world that I grew up in, you know, just 10, 20 years ago. If you remember back that far, uh, you know, things are not right. We are looking Mm -hmm. at global 
seismic changes, the likes of which we haven't seen possibly in, in all of human history right now. We are on, on the cusp of, yeah. of that kind of change. Far well, well can I say too, Klaus Schwab, who we talked about before, Yeah, I think, I mean, you'd have to be either unknowing, some people maybe don't know a bit about his work, or very optimistic, <laughs> overly yeah. optimistic, to not see that he's definitely been working away at a scheme to try and bring his particular ideological and philosophical preferences into positions and seats of power by training young leaders to achieve that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The evidence is abounds. Yeah. And Mm. and he's not the only one. He's just sort of the captain Mm. of, of this movement of, of something that's been actually this, this global transformation or new economic system, technocracy, however you want to label it. Yeah. has been uh, in play for decades. Uh, you, you could mm-hmm. actually go back a couple centuries probably and uh, see the beginnings of this with um, the writings of Thomas Malthus and um, Galton. Of course, yeah. But, uh, and here we are today <clears throat> is uh, just, you know, what, I guess one more manifestation of the the moral decay, I guess, um, but but there's I guess it's it's a light at the end of the tunnel. If if we actually have some hope of overturning Roe versus Wade, um, then then uh, you know there is a glimmer of hope for uh, morality. Uh, and it's it's funny. It seems you know I as as a, a male, particularly a white male. I'm not allowed to <laughs> opine on the abortion issue. You know, uh, any feminist would, you know, immediately tell me to shut the heck up if I have an opinion about it, yeah. unless unless I'm for it. Uh, case in point, yeah, that's right. She probably, a probably man was <laughs> a man was recently had chained himself to the Supreme Court, in front of the Supreme Court building, uh, chained his neck to the to the fence, and he was. Uh, he was pro, uh, I forget which organization he was with, but he was being touted on Twitter as a hero for yeah. abortion rights. Why is it he's allowed to make a vocal opinion and touted as a hero, but I am not, if uh, I'm talking about the well, same well, issue. Like, as I say to people, when I talk to them about that very argument you've just presented there, the illogical nature of it is just designed to silence voices. Because as you say, if you if you are pro-abortion choice, you are most welcome <laughs> as a male to say whatever you want, right? right? But but if you're not, no, you're not welcome. As I often say to people, to me, that's as absurd as saying, well, William Wilberforce was a disgrace and he should have never opposed slavery. He was white, he was wealthy, so he was never going to be a slave. He's never African. And he <laughs> had, had no need to own slaves because he had no financial gain from it. So how dare he? Or <laughs> right. uh, I'm, I'm also opposed to the pollution of our rivers and waterways, but I'm not a body of water. So how can I speak out against You're it? You're not it's a absurd. fish, Brendan. <laughs> See, the thing I'd say is what, what, this, what this logical standpoint is doing is it's confusing pregnancy with abortion. Now, if I was a man and right. I was to get up and say, well, let me tell you all about pregnancy, ladies, that would go down like a cup of cold sick because rightly so, I can't speak into that experience. I've observed it up close with my wife, but I haven't experienced it in my body. Right, fair but enough. Ab- abortion is not... Uh, the same as pregnancy. Abortion is something that is done to a human being during the process of pregnancy. And therefore, any person who can think well is capable of forming a view on that. And and I think the only issue would be as if uh, someone got up and was genuinely misogynistic, which I've never seen. I've never seen yet, but I'm not saying it couldn't happen. But someone who was to, to 
to try and use a, um, a pro-life position as a tool against females in some way. But, but I've never, my personally, I've never experienced, I've never seen that. But someone who's just presenting a position against uh, the injustice of abortion, I, I, you know, there's no issue with gender, especially in an age where apparently we don't even believe in biological sex anymore. So, right. you know, right. as I often we, say to people, did you just assume my gender? You know? we, we've even got justices who can't opine on what constitutes a woman. Bingo. Or not. Bingo. But right. all of a sudden we've got women's rights again. It's like, oh, so we are yeah. doing womanhood again, you know. There was even just a, a recent one where a uh, in a, a cycling competition where uh, a man, well, one who a person who claimed to be female, transgender, um, just annihilated all the actual female competitors and was heralded as this great hero winner. It's like you're a biological male competing in women's sports. Well, I don't, did you see what happened uh, a couple of days ago in England? They had a cycle meet in a, a town in England, and the first and second place on the podium were both biological males. The third place was a female. They, they are literally, we're probably just one or two cycling races away from three females, uh, three males on the podium, no females even on the podium. Yeah, so, no, you know. it's, it, it's, it's so insane. And, mm. you know, I, I keep coming back to the, you know, this whole sort of double think. You, you know, if, if you can sit there and, you know, rash, it, rationalize in your own mind and make that argument, if, if you can say to me, you know, that you, you believe that men can get pregnant, pregnant and that, mm -hmm. that biological men who happen to identify as females can fairly compete in, in a women's event, um, that's insane. I'm, I'm just going to call it as it yeah. is. You, there is oh, no- it is it's that's not mentally healthy to to have that sort of idea in your head to to actually believe that and i, I well it's I, a lie it's a lie it right? is and such a, it is a, a deeply ingrained lie look I, mean, I don't know if you've seen ricky gervais's new special i'm not recommending it but i decided to watch it to be informed and one of the things he did one of the salient points he made was about you know no one in their twitter history from seven eight nine ten years ago was even saying anything about males being females and females being males because no one was saying that stuff because it's just not true, right? It was right. never. So you're not going to, no one's going to get in trouble for that because no one thought that was real. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and here we are today. I, I guess the, the, the best thing you and I can do is, is try to present logical arguments. Mm -hmm. um, it, just, just try to sustain and encourage logic. Yeah. Well, Which I think is, also to, to, to live an authentic uh, community of self-giving love too. So, I, you know, like for me, I'm pro-life because I believe in the profound goodness and the dignity of every human person. And that also means that I have to care for the dignity of, say, a woman in need who might be abandoned and who might feel that abortion is her only option. And so I think if we live that authentic community of love, it's not just talk, that we actually live that in our families and in our lives then I, I think right. that that will speak so much louder than, than all of the other toxic nonsense and ideologies that we hear in our culture because it just cuts through the noise. When you see a person who lives what is true, you know it. You recognize goodness straight away, you know? Yes, absolutely. And um, more and more, I'm just, I'm adopting, you know, the, the saying, just do the right thing. Yeah. I think you, yeah. you know in your heart of hearts, you know, what the right thing is. It's not always easy to do. 
especially when you know you might look foolish or it might be um, contradictory to something you've said before but at the end of the day you know I think uh, you'll be more authentic and um, a happier person yeah good point yeah in the uh, few minutes that we have left here um, any final thoughts about uh, this decision on Roe v. Wade or, or about uh, abortion in general what can we do to to support people or or not antagonize them and, and yet encourage them to, to sort of open their eyes to see that, you know, the possibility that they're ending a human life. I think there's time and a place. So the time for say logic arguments about human life and human development and moral philosophy, probably not as a woman is literally walking through the doors of an abortion clinic. That's the time to offer her the hands of help. Um, sure. But then maybe some circumstances I've seen where that conversation has taken place, but generally speaking, um, but so it's both end, you know, so the help's got to be there. There's got to be, we've got to be, have the courage to actually, we've got to know what we're on about and have the courage to speak to people. Don't, don't be afraid. I think for too long, people have thought, and particularly conservatives probably have thought, well, it'll come right. It'll come right if we just show respect and you know, we don't really push the envelope too much, but you've actually got to push back. I think you've got goodness and truth have got to be built and then defended. And I don't mean in a, in a literal war. I just mean protected and nurtured. And that means you've got to speak up for them. And we haven't done enough of that. So I think you just got to be honest about this. I think a couple of things from this Roe v. Wade thing that have uh, for me are interesting. Number one is I'm not sure if it will actually hold and go all the way. Yeah. Um, my, I would love it if it did. But uh, my, my head is telling me that the way the culture is and the pressure, political pressure and the background dealing that must be going on is quite intense. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that really is interesting is what it has revealed about the extremely concerning and militant and even violent nature of the pro-choice, they would call themselves, I would say pro-abortion choice movement. Yeah. Because immediately the Supreme Court knew they had to put up protective barriers around the court as soon as the document was leaked. And that's not because pro-lifers are turning up. Right. And, 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 and we saw the reaction of that. They, there was fire bombings. Yeah. That there was violent threats have been made continually. We have lots of different groups. They targeted churches. Interestingly enough, had nothing to do with churches, but right. they went and targeted particularly Catholic churches started targeting them during their Sunday services that following weekend. So it, it's, it's a very concerning movement. And I remember some years ago hearing a, a Christian leader who said something, this was several decades ago. He said, look, if they ever do outlaw abortion, there will be blood on the streets. He won't be us. He said it was the other side that would literally try and go to war over it. And a lot of people thought he was being hyperbole and everything else, but it turns out he was, he was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he really was on the money. Prophetic. So. Uh, we will continue to watch this space and um, we'll see what happens, I, I guess, in late June when we, we know mm. more about this decision coming out. How can people best support you or reach out to you, Brendan? Well, you can track me down, uh, watch LFM, that's Left Foot Media LFM. So watch LFM.com, is, uh, that'll take you to my website where I produce a lot of my content. My podcasts are available there and video content uh, on YouTube as well as Facebook. And if people are interested in um, supporting the work that I do directly, um, they can go to uh, LifeNet, that's L-I-F-E-N-E-T.org.nz. 
and that'll take them to the website. It's actually, it's undergoing a bit of refreshing at the moment. I'm, okay. a, I'm a you know donor-driven work that I do. And so uh, we've had some funding in recently that will allow us to actually tidy up that website a bit, but that's oh, where you find the website and contact. Oh, me. that's great. Great. Well, I, I will put those links in the show notes. Anybody interested to uh, learn more or get those links or get in touch with Brendan or support his work, uh, you can do that at libertynow.com. And until next time, get out there, do the right thing, and be good. And don't forget, keep asking questions. Have a good one.